Nature at once teaches you to follow the school, as with the shimmering menhaden on a hot summer day, and to fight every riffle, rip, and waterfall like a solitary Atlantic salmon taking its autumnal pilgrimage to its ancestral spawning grounds. Which lesson do you follow? Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. As I sit writing this on a sunny morning, I have that regular craving for heading to the sea. Finally, the sun is shining in a cloudless sky after weeks of cool, gray, wet weather. When longer days and sunny skies finally begin to warm the seaside, we enter that short-lived season of ease in the northern latitudes. Not quite so many layers or preparation are required to be able to luxuriate outdoors. And I think about the recent research about the benefits of spending time not only in green spaces, but also in blue spaces. Children who spend time around blue spaces, like the coast or lakes or rivers, are more likely to have a greater sense of well-being and are more likely to visit these places and value them as adults. Not that I needed a scientific excuse to head to the sea. But that's what the sea makes us do, doesn't it? Ponder. Once July comes, these moments of shoreside watching and thinking become much more possible, until a massive section of calm surface erupts in a torrential rush, and moments later, a harbor seal rising for a breath of air. This surface disruption is caused by none other than a school of pogies. This fish that forms big schools near the ocean surface along the coast through the summer has a lot of names, which I will describe shortly. But first, let's dive into their appearance and habits. Pogies are members of the herring family and have a distinctive dark spot near their gills. They have silvery sides and bellies, blue-green tops, and irregular small spots along their sides. These 12 to 15 inch long fish have forked tails, large heads, and gaping mouths perfectly adapted to filter feeding for plankton. Because pogies are such efficient filter feeders, they are a critical part of the food chain, converting energy from tiny plankton into their own big fish bodies that, in turn, are perfect food for stripers, bluefish, seals, a variety of seabirds, and even as bait for human fishermen. Pogies live in estuaries and other coastal waters from Florida to Nova Scotia. In the late fall and early winter, they are primarily found 20 to 30 miles off the shores of North Carolina and even north to New Jersey, where they spawn. Come spring and summer, pogies move closer to the coast and school in groups of the same size and age, with the older and larger fish coming farther north. With adult pogies able to filter 7 gallons of water a minute, we can be grateful they join the ranks of a variety of filter-feeding bivalves that help keep our coastal waters clean. In addition to that important ecosystem service of filtration and their important role in the food chain, Pogies also provide particularly useful services to humans. They are, by volume, the number one most harvested species along the Atlantic coast. Pogies are not only fish to be used as bait, but also to be reduced into fish oil, fish meal, and other fish solubles that are used in things like supplements, salad dressings, margarine, and even lipstick. If you're not local to Maine, you might not know this fish as a pogie. You may instead know it as Atlantic Menhaden, Fatback, Moss Bunker, Bunker, or Bugfish. Pogie and Menhaden are both anglicized versions of Abenaki, Algonquin, and Wampanoag words for this fish, typically meaning he fertilizes, due to pogies being buried underneath crops to fertilize the soil. 
They're even often called the most important fish. A year ago this week, I got a 12-week-old puppy. A standard poodle with amazing webbed feet and a passion for swimming, I brought her home right when the pogies had just started schooling up in my local bay. So what did I name her? Pogie, of course. Her name provides quite the conversation starter. While I've had my fair share of people looking puzzled about why I would name my dog after a bait fish, or thinking her name is Hoagie, I've also enjoyed the reaction from grinning lobstermen who dive into telling me their own phenology observations related to when pogies come and go from particular downeast waters. My hope is that with enough pogie appreciation going around, someday, upon learning her name, someone will ask me not, why did you name your dog after a bait fish, but instead, why did you name your dog after the most important fish in the sea? So the next time you're outside and in search of relaxation, solace, or a nature scavenger hunt, head to the sea to look for schools of pogies rising to the surface, often from being spooked by a predator from below. And take a look at the ingredients in your pantry foods and cosmetics. There might be a pogie looking right back at you. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Reach out to us to suggest a topic for a future episode. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. Phenology.